Welcome to Beyond the Shoots is presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're having a great day, staying safe, and if you are driving while listening to our podcast, keep your eyes up, hands on the wheel, do enjoy it, but let's stay safe. Today, Sam and I are recording in Pafard, New York. BTC, Beyond the Shoots, is on the road again. We're actually recording at the Rawhide Ranch, the BTC Studios North here, Great Digs, and we are tickled to be here today with Miss Sandy Wheeler and Mr. Dave Wheeler. Now, Dave is the original founder of the Attica Rodeo in Attica, New York. Welcome, Dave. Yes, sir. Good to have you with us. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, and it's Brewer now. Oh, uh, can I say Sandy Wheeler Brewer? Sure, that's good. Okay. I just wanted to get the relationship in, but I will call you Sandy Brewer from now. Okay. Maybe just Miss Brewer. You can call me Sandy. Sandy. Sandy's okay. fine. <laughs> okay. Now that we have everybody there. So let's um, uh, let's go back to the beginning, Dave. Where did you grow up? Where were you born? Attica, New York. You were born in Attica, New York. Okay. Actually, the hospital is in Batavia, but I'm... Okay. From the hospital three days later, back to Attica. Okay, excellent. Where I lived most, um, basically all my life. In Attica, New York, on a farm? No, my father was a building contractor, and we lived on, uh, he built a house on my grandfather's land, bought some land from him, and built a house there. Built a house there. On right? Exchange Street, where the rodeo was located. Right on Exchange, where, right down the road from the rodeo grounds. Yeah. So as I turn into the rodeo grounds? Continue down about a mile and... On the same road. I'll be darned. Just okay. basically on the other side of the jail. Okay, okay. And Dean Sawyer was raised just up the road from me. Yeah. And Gene Redding also was raised right around the corner from us. And Dave Leslie and Dave Walker was just up the road from us. And uh, a lot of the original guys were... We were in that neighborhood. So you all grew up together. Yeah. And you were in the neighborhood. You weren't out on a farm. Had you, did you know of horses? Were you doing horses? Well, we, as we grew up, we worked at my grandfather's farm, my brother and I. And, and uh, Dean worked a farm his dad had Yeah. and uh, so on. Okay. Okay. And, and when did you find rodeo? When did you discover rodeo? I think uh, my Uncle Paul Stedman took uh, my cousin, my brother, and I down to uh, Alfred Station, where Dick Holton started out announcing rodeo. He was a radio announcer in Hornell. Okay. And he took us to a roping down there. Okay. And they had wild cow milking, they had steer roping, they had calf roping and uh, steer on decorating and that was about 1953 I think 1953 so it was called a rodeo um, did it have a bit of a I mean were there experienced cowboys and cowgirls at this rodeo yeah there was there's been a lot of people in New York State that have been in rodeo for over a hundred years okay, okay. and uh, probably uh one of the official rodeos when I was young we went to was uh, down Rochester Memorial. And uh, I can't remember the name of the old guy had the rodeos back then. 
At the War Memorial? Yeah. So this would have been yeah. 50s as well? Yeah. 1950s. 50 sometimes. I lose track of time. Yeah. Understood. I live too damn long. <laughs> a little before my time. So. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Not much. And little. one of the questions that I have, you know, as I've learned about the history of rodeo, of course, Mike and Sam's, their generation, Ed Phillips, the generation before, what's the plug between, between Ed Phillips and that generation and who was putting on rodeos? Where were they? And it sounds like there were rodeos around you could yeah. go to. Yeah. Well, are they, and they used to have the rock that they called the rock up in uh, Buffalo, which was the old War Memorial Stadium. There used to be ropings up there okay. back in the day, and that's where one of the first places I started ropings up there. And actually, it was uh, us guys around our home base that bought horses, and Dean Sawyer had built a small arena up at his dad's house, and we would rope calves up there and ride steers and uh, generally play around with. So rope rodeo. calves, ride steers. We didn't have bulls back then. Right. We were just, we were, I'll say the guys were 13 to 16 years old. And uh, then old Gene Redding Sr., he was an excellent super horseman. And he's the one that took all us young guys at the time, there was half a dozen of us or more, he made us build a uh, arena out in his pasture. We cut the logs out of the god darn woods and, and we built the arena. And then he had us over there all summer long. He had us start out riding bareback for half the summer. The proper way to ride a horse and cue him. And then after the last half of the summer, he put us in saddles and we rode that way. Okay, okay. And so we bareback did, we, riding yeah. horses. Started out bareback. Bareback yeah. riding horses. We had saddles okay. before that. but Yeah, yeah. And then he put you in saddles. And this was Gene, Gene Redding. Senior. We'll Senior. So how old would he have been at that time? You're 13, 14, 15, your crew? Yeah. Okay. His son was one of them. His one son was one of them. And Who ended up being one of the top bronc riders, bull riders, and steer wrestlers in the APRA back, the early, maybe it's a ERA. ERA, yes. ERA. Now we're talking about Gene Redding's son, who is? Gene Redding. Gene Redding. Junior. Junior. Okay, okay, I understand. So he, so let me back up. So Gene Redding had horses, always had horses, kind of? Always had horses. Right and from back to driving horses, he, he, he drove at the fairgrounds on the track during the fairground meets. Yeah. The standard breads. And then he had draft horses, and he used to pull them at the fair in Erie County and at different fairs. Okay. And he was always a placing and winning. And he was an excellent horseman. Yeah. And I'm sure you know why he had you riding bareback. So you would become excellent horsemen too. Feel the animal. Yeah. Know what, feel what they're going to do. Get, you know, right. it's, it's perfect training. Just what I tell the kids do, you know. Get out there, ride up and down them hills bareback and feel what they're doing, how they're moving. Because, yeah. they're, you know, that saddle takes so much away from it. Yeah, if you've got to feel the horse and you're one with the horse and not it, drifting yeah. around on top of a piece of leather. So he was the one that <clears throat> introduced you to horses, basically? Is that a fair statement? No, our families had horses, too. Oh, you did? 
Okay. In like town. My, my one uncle had a real nice black mare that we used to sneak out in the pasture and ride under yay big, you know. And, okay. And uh, get hell for it. And they tried to work horses. Yeah. And, uh, but they were the ins old Gene Riding was instrumental in uh, Bernie Buckemeyer, Dave Leslie, Everett Vanson, Don, Van Don Putnam, Jim Wheeler, Dave Wheeler, and learning how to properly ride horses. Really? All locals, yeah, right. All in the neighborhood. And he said, "If you're going to ride, we're going to ride. We're going to do it properly." And to kind of recap where we've been, he's going to put you on, on barebacks first. But first, he made you. He said, "We're going to build an arena that we can practice in proper." Yep. You built that out of logs. You cut the logs. Yep. Build it. Uh, what kind of fencing do you use? Yeah, woven wire. Logs. <laughs> so poles. Poles. Everything was built out of. Poles basically okay. that we cut out of the woods. Yeah, dug the holes in the ground. Yeah, nailed the gall darn things to the wood posts. I see. That and was uh, it arena. was just a grass, grass pasture. Yeah, and so then you got into saddles the second half of the year. Yeah, and then he then did he begin to introduce you to competition? Well, basically on our own, we kind of went for the competitions as okay. it came along. Okay, and I think the first year, uh, Attica. Used to have a uh, horse show in the Attica Village Park every year. And we started out down there. Alexander, New York had a horse show every year. And uh, we went there and we started out small like that. And, and then you made mistakes with your horses. You made mistakes, but I would say like myself, it took me three years where I could start placing and doing things right. And you're riding against uh, 30, 40 riders, all open classes. Yeah. No junior, women, no kids. youth, everybody in one. Yeah. Okay. And you learned that way because you followed, if you were smart, you followed the example of the, I'll call them pro riders at the time. Yeah. And uh, you followed their example. You made your horses better. You got better. And then you became one of your top riders. And what kind all of... All those guys did the same thing. What events were you riding back then, Dave? Uh, game classes. Game. Barrels? Barrels and uh, pole. We won the jumping down at uh, Coldwater, which is the town of Gates now. They brought five thoroughbred horses in to jump against me in the Western Knockdown and Out. And they all had Western saddles on. Yeah. I won the jumping at 5'6 on my horse. He stood 15-1. Oh, my goodness. And beat these five thoroughbreds. So this is like high jumping contest. Five foot knock six. Down, knock down and out. Five foot six. Knock. I never. Did you? Had you heard of that class? Yeah. You had. Wow. As soon as you hit a pole and knocked it out. Yeah. Down. You yeah. were out. Yeah. Your, your time was up. And uh, I, because of talk, just hearing about how he learned how to ride just now. Yeah. And uh, years ago, I was standing by the gate. I was doing the Attica Rodeo and. There was team penning going on, and Dave was going in for the team penning. I don't know who it was standing next to me, and I never paid attention before, but they said, that man has the best seat I've ever seen yeah. of anybody riding. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I started paying attention. I said, damn, you know. Yeah. He sets a horse so well. Yeah. But uh, he had somebody to teach him. Yeah. To bring him on. Yeah. That's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. And... And like I say, all these guys, Everett went on to become an excellent roper. Bernie Buckemeyer was an excellent roper. Yep. Dean Sawyer was excellent. Yep. And Dean didn't take lessons from 
Gene. But the rest of us did. Okay. And everybody turned out to be good. And good did they? Horsemen. Did he start you roping? He we started you? roping at Dean's. Dean. At Dean's. Dean's dad originally had bought him a a little bear mare called Sandy, and she was about fourteen two, I think. And he just started riding, and with his dad's help a little bit, he got into horse showing, pleasure classes, and so on. And then as we started coming on after he got pretty good doing that, and he had a super good mare. And uh, for some reason, I don't remember why we got why we built the pen up to Dean's, except we then we started put a calf, build a calf chute ourselves and and started roping calves up there. And we had Dick Holton coming in there and, and Dick Knapp. And uh, it was after that that Mr. Putnam, and well, I said Dave Walker, I think. Called him Pudge at the time. What? His nickname was Pudge. Pudge. And he was slim and trim as a. That's a good nickname. <laughs> I like that, Pudge. You know, I I do got one question, Dave. Now you've you've named off a lot of names of these guys when you were fourteen to sixteen years old. I wonder what it was like after dark around that corner there. I bet you there was some times and some things went on there. <laughs> well, you don't have to say, but I bet you there were some things that happened. Most of us worked on dairy farms. And, uh, oh, really? Okay. We didn't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> a lot of going. I did hear that they did have to learn to stay away from the hard cider, though. Oh. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Dean and I used to, to get our original stock, we'd get it from neighborhood people. Mrs. Forgnon at the time had uh, a herd beef cattle, and we got the wild cow milkers from her her calves and her steers. Okay. Frank Wasik had uh, Bramas yeah. that he raised for beef. Yeah. We got his freaking wild Bramas okay. to use. And bucking horses, the one year we went, uh, well, it's in a book deal there. Yeah. We went to Jamestown, four of us, and bought them four horses. Okay, now now you're into when the rodeo started, right? 1957, well, 50, 56, we, were, we hadn't organized it. Okay. It was organized in... 57, 57 January 57 okay so let me back up okay you're you're roping I want to go back to your calf roping and this whole crew you mentioned did they have trained calf roping horses did they have quality stuff go ahead yeah yeah <laughs> we used our regular horses yeah yeah for yeah. everything we did yeah so calf roping, we like play, we, we used to play a game. We called it. You can call it cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians chase. We called it chase. Yeah. Two teams out in the woods in the fields. Yeah. And right. run like hell, and and uh, somebody don't want to get off your horse, take a leak because somebody's going to steal your good horse. Is that right? <laughs> They'd steal your horse. Okay. I've heard about like on our trail rides, we go through and past a, a ravine back by my uncle Bernard's back out back. And it was a really deep ravine. And dad would say, yeah, we used to play chase and run down that hill, oh which was, well, a, it was about a 200 foot cliff in the air <laughs> How? from, yeah. from yeah. the top to the Tonawana Creek, yeah. which you can see off Route 98 when you go up through there. Yeah. And uh, my brother and I got chased down that. Instead of getting caught, yeah, we went down over that, <laughs> and the horse was okay. And, and we said we sat on her asses, and then yep. horses went yep. down there, yep. and barely their front feet weren't even touching the ground; yeah. they're just sliding. Yeah, yeah. And we hit the, the water this one time down at the bottom, and Jim is running just ahead of me. His horse's feet stick down in the clay, 
the horse goes like this, Jim goes flying oh, forward. No. Oh, my. Lane's got a, got a free bath that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for you listeners, that's uh, ass over teacup, what they call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Um, so... And we tried not to shoot each other when we because we carried uh, either shotguns, 22s, or whatever. As we played these games of chase, and we'd shoot squirrels and chipmunks and stuff, and try not to hit the guy next to you or something. Okay, so let me. We got to stop here for a minute. Okay. <laughs> I was going to shoot my freaking horse in the head one day because he run away with me. Okay. That was, I saw dollar signs. That was, that was my next question. So Chase out in the woods. Uh, of course, you had you had helmets on and protective vests on. What are you and talking about? Had all your guards on. Two hundred foot cliffs. Yeah. And oh, did I mention I'm holding a loaded twenty two as I go down that twenty two hundred foot cliff? I always carried a twelve gauge shotgun. Oh, myself. you were a twelve gauge. Okay. And shooting squirrels and and chipmunks and anything that moved, uh, and hopefully not horses or yeah, yeah, yeah. and and. Your parents all thought this was a good idea? I don't think they really knew what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't that, have parents that were treating us like little okay. dinks. Okay. Okay. Yes. They um, believed in those days, boys were boys. There you go. There you go. Well, we can is... make more if you die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go. This is this is really interesting. How how did you bridge to? And I'm still back. Who said let's rope caps? And where did that influence come it from? It probably was Dean. Dean. Dean Sawyer. He'd, he'd seen it in a rodeo and said, "We got to try this." No, they had ropings here, like Alfred Ropens. Station. Okay, that was okay. Alfred Station. I guess I was down there, and I was 13 years old, 1953, and Dean was five years older than I, so he had that experience before I did. Auburn Station. Alfred. Alfred. Alfred Station. Where the Alfred College is down yonder. Okay. University and so on. Okay. Alfred's, Alfred Station. And was it basically a horse show that had roping? Or was no. it just a roping? Strict street roping. And calf roping, tie down roping, team roping? Wild cow milking. So all of that. You a wild cow. Did you, did you do the what? And you had to mug the steers to get the ribbons on their tails. So You've done so all that, right? Yeah. You you did the wild cow melting. I've even won a calf whooping buckle one time. You did. Excellent. Excellent. At when Alfred's I was, When I was a young whippersnapper. Yeah. So so you did the wild cow, cow milking. Yeah. You, that was a standard so, so step procedure our, back then. Not many of our listeners probably know what wild cow milking is. Well, what you had is you, you had a you had a uh, basically Hereford cows at the time, and they basically all had horns, and you let one out of the chute, and a cowboy come out after it on his horse and roped it, and then you had another fellow they called a mugger, who would run over there and grab the steer, the cow's head, hold it in place, while the rider got off his horse with a Pepsi bottle or Coke bottle, and put milk in that from that wild cow. How much, how much milk had to go in the bottle? Just as long as you could see it. As long as you could see it. And then you run across the finish line and you're done? If you didn't get your brains kicked out first. Yeah. I mean, these are these are wild. Yeah. I mean, yeah. out, out of the... They weren't tame. Out of the pasture. They weren't milk cows. No. No. So, how many were dry cows and you didn't get any milk? <laughs> <laughs> well, they all had calves on their sides because okay. they used the calves to rope them. Wow. I two like for that. one that package. Is, there you go. And then the yearling, the yearling and two-year-old steers, we used them for bulldogging. And this steer on decorating. Yeah. Which you had to rope her 
roped the steer again. The mugger ran out, mugged the steer, and the cowboy tied a ribbon on his tail. The cowboy that was on the horse that had caught the steer. Yeah. So you've got two two participants. And okay. And then I get off the horse after I catch it and I tie a which which can be a bit dangerous too, right? Well, I do got a legitimate question this time, yeah. and I hope I can remember it. Yeah. Oh. Were <laughs> this time. <laughs> were they tied hard and fast? Or did they yeah. undally and step off the horse and let the horse go? No, they were they were tied. Tied hard, hard and fast. fast. So you had to have a horse that would stand there and take it, it and not drag you off, off yeah. in your steer. Oh, wow. I didn't even know okay. that. I, I'd figured once once the, the guy was mugging it, I'm let go of the rope. Who cares? But no, the horse. So the rope's tied to the saddle horn of the horse. Yeah, I guess actually it was an option at that time. You could do either way. Really? Okay. There weren't any real rules like this. PRCA wants to put all these rules out there now. Where you can't, yeah, you no can't rules. Even, you can't enjoy the rodeo now. Right. So that's I'll, my only negative thought for the day. Okay. Well, that's good. We got that out there, and that wasn't bad. That, that was not that bad. So you talked earlier about forming up the rodeo, and I heard 1956. I heard 1957. And for me to do my math, you're 18 years old in 56. Born in 1940. So you're 16 years old in 1956 when you you started to have the idea we ought to have a rodeo. Actually, it was Ellsworth Putnam, Bud Putnam, Bud Putnam, because his son was in this deal with us other guys with the horses. Okay, and he had the black barnets at the rodeo grounds up on the hill. Uh-huh. He had built that for his son to put his two horses in and Ever Vanson's horses there. Okay. And he got to, and he'd come up to Dean Sawyer's evenings and watch us guys play. And he got the idea to donate that land down there on this side of the big driveway. Okay. On it. So basically, the where side, the arena, southeast side the of the arena driveway. side, where the arena is. Yeah. Where the arena and all the shoots and all the concession and everything is. Because the Anacar Arcade owned that land where the railroad bed was. It was a railroad bed. Where you drive in was a railroad bed. Oh, it was. What, okay. we, what's I, now the driveway. But it, in Reisdorf, family up in Jave owned it. They got the big feed mill up there. But the tracks washed out above between Attica and Verysburg. They discontinued that track then. And then they sold that, that railroad bed. They took the bridge out and the rails out. And they sold that uh, land to uh, Don Vanson who lived in the house in front of the rodeo grounds. And then he made a deal with us, because we didn't have the money to buy it. And then he made a deal with us that he would sell us the land on a time deal. And his only option was that he wanted his sons to have free access to the rodeo for their lifetime. Oh, wow. <clears throat> okay. And and this was what year did uh, Dean Vanson? Approximately fifty-eight. Nineteen fifty-eight, and you because started. Previously, we had a railroad, we had a driveway, we put in with a bulldozer that came right off. Well, you know where the pier stand is there. Yeah. Right to Exchange Street, come down that hill, and we pushed dirt up that hill and made a driveway to come down. You could come down with a two-horse trailer, and a pickup truck and a car. Okay. That's the only way you could get in there. Okay. And that lasted until Don sold us at the railroad bed. 
Yeah. And you picked that up in 1957. Approximately. Approximately. No, 58 or, I'll say 58 to 60. 58 to 60. And he gave you, he gave you terms. He gave you time to pay. Yeah. And part of it was free admissions for life. For his kids. Yeah, for his kids. Just for his kids or for his grandkids? How well did you negotiate that deal? Just his kids. He he wasn't old enough to have grandkids. Uh, No, I'm saying, though. His kids are yay big. Are you still giving free admissions to some of his family? They never ask. Okay. Okay. Uh, So so, that was a good deal on your part. And we didn't get upset when he came down with the BB guns and shot the spotlights out either. Oh, my goodness. Which has happened. Over the years, and big lights and everything okay. that we've had. Really? Okay. So let me back up here. Bud Putnam says, I'm going to donate the land to you boys. This is 1950s. 57 seven? is when he, 56 is in a talking stage. Okay. 57, 50, you took possession. 57, we had the meeting at Dean Sawyer's house where Dick Holt was elected president, Dean Sawyer vice president, Dick Knapp was secretary. Dick Knapp was treasurer, excuse me. And uh, what one more in there someplace? Don't make Bill Harloff. Bill Harloff. And these are all how old? Now, those guys are, well, Dean would be five years older than I at the time, so he'd okay. be, 20, we'll say, 20. 20. And Dick, and Dick, were about the same. Bill Harloff had just came back from Korea in 1973. Is that when the war was? No, not 70s, it's 50s, 53. Yeah, yeah. he just come back from uh, the war in Korea. Yeah. So he was a couple years older yet. And Dick Hoffmeister also had come back from Korea. And he was a longtime horseman before he went. And he'd learned from Howie Hartman, who was a super excellent horse person in this part of the country at that time. Okay. And the first year, the first, so you had to build the arena first. He put us together. Yeah. And we made the plans for what we wanted to do, horse shows and rodeo. And uh, then he brought all the materials in. We used uh, heavy-duty concrete reinforcing wire for the fencing. He brought all the railroad ties in. We dug the four-foot holes in the ground to put the railroad ties in. We put all the fencing up. We built the pens and the buck and chutes all by hand, out of wood, bolts, whatever. And uh, the calf chute was welded up by uh, Dean Wright, if I remember right. Okay. And uh, in fact... uh, Ray Smith owns that shoot now. Oh. Is that right? That's still that's still around. Oh yep. my goodness! Okay. And that yep. was what's sixty-seven years ago. It was built. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> approximately. Now, yeah. I didn't realize that Dick Knapp did, was he originally from there? Because I've always known Naples, New York, with Dick Knapp. He was originally from Dansville. Okay. And he he worked at Dansville for the. Uh, the tech school down there, and they had a horse barn area. They kept horses, and they had classes for people, and they gave riding lessons. And Dick was in charge of taking rides out and taking care of the horses. They might have had 20 horses down there wow. at Alfred uh, Tech. 
and see, he's he's named off some names that when I was a kid, Dick Knapp, Dean Sawyer, Bernie Buckemeyer sure. were the top of the heap. Okay. Well, they you used know, to even yep. guys from out west. They'll say, "Oh, you're from North New York. Do you know Bernie Buckemeyer? You know, yeah. do you know Dean Sawyer? Okay. You know. Okay. Um, well, those four guys, the Appaloosa people, used to fly them to their breed shows around the country, out west, down south, to rope on their horses to put roping points on them. Dick Knapp actually won the Congress in the '60s on his big bay horse named John. Quarter Horse Congress in Columbus. Yep. Okay. And, uh, but these these guys were, and Bernie set up, when he set up his farm down there in Alexander, and he and Dave Leslie built the indoor arena down there, and they boarded horses, and they gave lessons in roping, and trained rope horses, and uh, right up until Bernie died. You know, and that had to be one of the first ones in the Northeast, yeah. indoor arena. He had guys you know. coming from Canada and Pennsylvania and, and uh, all over the eastern states down there for, and, for and lessons. And you folks horses. don't know out there, you know, Alexander, New York is yeah. not a place to for the faint of heart in the winter. Is that right? Cold? <laughs> it it is in the snow sort of belt. Uh, okay. You know, yeah. I, I live in New York, Florida compared to where they're at. Really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, once you get once you come out twenty eight and you get past Perry Center, it all changes. Yeah, okay. you get summertime out this way. Yeah. So, you you build this rodeo arena, um, sink and railroad ties and and back pins and shoots and everything. And when are you completed? And what's your first event? Well, I guess it was I it was completed in the spring sometime. Oh, we had the first 57? rodeo in seven, uh, fifty-seven, spring of fifty-seven, and I think we probably finished it in June. Okay, I'm just rough guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Seventy years is too long to remember. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> you know all the details. Yeah. They didn't have bleachers. No bleachers. No bleachers. They would. You would have to pull your car up to the yeah. fence, yeah. and you sat on your car or your lawn chair or tailgate um, or pickup oh we had a second set of bleachers oh on the roof of your car <laughs> there you go yeah exactly double exactly. decker yeah yeah so you you said when you when you guys put the program together you said we're going to have horse shows we're going to have rodeos etc so in june 1957 brand new arena's done everybody's pulled in how did you advertise? Let me start there. How did people even know to come there? Attica Penny Saver, originally. Okay. okay. And that's been the mainstay of uh, rodeo in the Attic area to this last couple of years. Things changed, new really? people, whatever. Okay. But it was the Penny Savers, paper advertising, radio stations that actually made the rodeo as big as it was. Okay. So the advertising. So you, you we were, used television once and didn't work too good. Didn't work too good. But radio, paper ads, newspaper ads, I take it, the Attica Penny, penny Saver, that's what got the word out. Yeah, and every penny saver from Ithaca, New York, to the Pennsylvania line this way, and from Lake Ontario to the Pennsylvania line that way. Every penny saver was advertised in. Okay. And radio stations, not the big, big name stations, just yeah. a couple of them. Yeah. And, uh, but mostly a lot of locals. Okay. 
Cornell Station had one, Dansville has one, and the Batavia, and yeah. I just don't remember all of them yeah. right now. So the first year you have this good crowd show up for the very first one? We thought it was. Yeah. We took in 900 bucks, man. Okay. <laughs> what were you charging well, at the gate? Do you remember? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. <laughs> we had a big fight over that. <laughs> we're going to get to rodeo committees and how they operate here in a bit. I wanted to charge a buck a head. Yeah. For adults. For adults. <clears throat> okay. We're only going to charge 90 cents. <laughs> over a dime. A dime's a lot. Right? So they voted between the dozen yeah. guys there, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And they voted for the 90 cents. 90 cents. So I lost. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And your ticket tickets had to make change for every dollar bill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> look, but I, yeah, you I, look at back then, I, you know, I, you see posters and everything, you know, $3 for concerts and things like that. You know, yeah. a dollar wasn't chump change. No, no, exactly. Right. 1957, right? What, what, um, and you weren't, you weren't working full time yet in 1957, but what was a week's, week's wage for somebody back then? Well, let's see, in 1718, during the summer, I worked with my father in uh, construction work building. Yeah. And my take-home was $40 a week. $40 a week, yeah. $48, then they took out the taxes. Then they took out taxes, $48 a week, okay. And, and we I all know I was, our parents I, pay so good. <laughs> <laughs> and my first wage is working for my grandfather on yeah. his, he had a big dairy farm. Yeah was three dollars a day and noon yeah. meal yeah yeah eighteen dollars yeah. a week that's six yeah. days a week absolutely six days a week from when to when what time what time of the day eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning until everything was done that dark, night yeah probably. still dark right did you milk cows no no um the hired man and my uncle were the ones that milked the cows yeah because yep. they had the knowledge Yep. And they were properly trained. <laughs> right, right. We were, we were kind of young to do that. But yeah, yeah. Later on, we did. Okay. So June of 1957, you brought in $900. What were you charging for kids? I don't know if it was a quarter. Okay, okay. All right. And it sounds like then you had a pretty darn good turnout if you brought $900 in at the gate. Well, the... The fence was lined on each side with cars. Okay. Okay. And, and then you had, of course, we had a food stand, too. We built out a two-by-fours and junk wood and yeah. put a roof on it. And yeah. It was about 12 by 16 and <clears throat> had, a plate, had a grill in there, and they cooked the hamburgers and hot dogs. Okay. Okay. And you had a beer tent back then? No. No. No such thing at that point. Didn't start at that. Day. We weren't old enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the hard not cider legally. story. Not legally. Oh, okay. That's what he meant to say, I think. So June of 57, you have your first show. You would say that was a success. The the, the committee said. Yeah, we thought it was. Yeah. We, we made went some on. money. We just kept going on with it. Okay. And then um, when did you have, was that a rodeo in June of 57 or was that a horse show? Rodeo. Rodeo. So let's talk a little bit. Who's your stock contractor? 1957, June. Attica Rodeo. Attica Rodeo was the stock company. It was company. actually the Attica and Chafee Rodeo. Attica and 
Chafee. Our original name was Attic and Chafee. Then three years later, approximately, we changed it to Attica Rodeo and became incorporated. Because originally Dick Holton, who was from Chafee, and some of his buddies he joined later on, and there was a Bill guy that joined from Chafee, who was a good friend of Dick's, and he pretty got killed in a car accident after that first year, and never came back because he was he was crippled up for a year in the accident. Oh my! Car accident. Oh my! Okay. But since he's come back and visited, yeah, Bill Morris. Bill Morris. He was one of the original members. So it was originally called the Attican Chafee, and that's because Chafee's a town. Yep. Okay. And I just heard you say three years later, in 1960, incorporated. 1960, pretty young crew, and you said we need to incorporate. Why would you incorporate? It was a thing to do. Thing to do. <laughs> Liability and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. And from the beginning, you guys weren't just, it, my takeaway is you guys weren't just, oh, let's have fun, put on a rodeo. No, this is business. Did it feel like a business from the beginning? Yeah. Okay. We knew we had to make money. Yeah. To survive. Okay. Okay. And so we had to make money to put on rodeos, so we made money. Yeah. And at different times over the years, we've gone to the bank, and thanks to Chet Watson, who ran the bank in Attica, yeah, um, he cooperated with us and uh, gave us mortgages, personal loans. The one year when we fired the ERA, or they blackballed us. Yeah, I heard that. So the ERA blackballed you. The deal was they wanted us to follow their rules. Okay. Which entailed a one and a half, one and a half hour show. They, they limited they, they the had, show. They had joined, the Parker brothers had joined our rodeo club to learn how to run a rodeo. Really? So then after they ran a couple of them, they decided they're going to tell us what to do and only run an hour and a half rodeo. We ran two and a half, three hour rodeos. Right, right. Pa spectators are paying for it. Okay. Give them their money's worth. Yeah. So, I was really chairman most of them years. Yeah. Arena director. Yeah. And uh, stock feeder and everything else. But anyway, we had a lot of good guys in the club. So, I, I fired uh, ERA. Fired ERA. What year was that, Dave? I don't remember. It had to be around 60. 1963. Because I, I got that book home that says uh, ERA finals in 1963. So I fired him in 1964. I thought it was later than that. I think it was 73. Yeah, because I remember sitting up home on Exchange Street, Judy Sawyer sitting at our kitchen table. That was the last year um, that I believe it was our first open horse show, and she, Judy Sawyer was taking entries at our kitchen table. Um, people were calling the house, and we were trying to – pull in people from a lot of now I'm 10 years old at this time okay so this is okay. my memory I, I, at 10 gonna... years old and um calling in guys that they didn't want to be in bad standings with the ERA yeah so they were riding under assumed names really in our open okay. show so that okay. they could come and run and ride okay yeah Bernie Buck you never hear him <laughs> <laughs> So 1973. This this was so. Let me let me go back a couple a couple years earlier. You had mentioned Mr. Watson at the bank 
had was this when you veered close to problems this was the first big challenge financially when the era said you're gonna no. you're, you're gonna ban it no. no years before you'd had some problems we had a stock contractor don't remember his name anymore that came in with junk equipment and junk stock okay one year okay and we put on a inferior rodeo yeah he's the first stock contractor i fired okay i fired four altogether. So, was he the first? Stock? I never fired Sam Swearingen because he was the best. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he was always taking care of the Cowboys, yep. the spectators, and the organization. Absolutely. I'll Absolutely. pay you later, Dave. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that was very nice. So, you the original stock contractor you said was Attica and Chafee. Yeah. Yeah. Name uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just went to Attica, and Attica itself was a stock contract. You had your own stock. You could gather up your stock. We would gather up all the cattle stock for sure. Okay. And the bulls for a while. Then okay. we hired Bud Chase out of Connecticut. Perfect. Bud Chase. That and was your first outside of your organization? Legitimate contractor. Yeah. And Milo Hetherington from Canada had the bucking horses. Okay. And he had... He had 10 of the biggest, nicest you ever saw, and they could buck. Yeah. And that was that was your first external stock contract yeah. you broke, brought in. And how'd you find these contractors? You said Connecticut? Yeah. I mean, it's a ways away, right? Not next door. I mean, you went out of state I, to find I used them. To, I, I used to travel to horse sales all the time, too. And like Unardilla is not that far from Connecticut. And whether I met them there or... Do you remember? Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. But you said you're you're our guy. Bud came in, and then you had you had horses coming in, Bronx coming in out of Canada, and how do you remember how that went when the first year did that lessen your guys' load as a committee? Now you're not chasing going find cattle and everything. We were still working the pens, still working the, the pens. Okay, in the in the shoots and whatever the gates, and uh, feeding the stock, and it wasn't until. Uh, Jumping way ahead. Yeah. We had the stock country start doing it when the the second year Dave Martin was there. You said basically 150 head of stock. Yeah. Grain, water, feed. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have roof over the back pens at that time. You yeah. had an alleyway down the center. Yeah. And I'm, I'm walking out there, tell them, tell them what to do. And next thing I know, I see him running down to the end of the pen, over the fence, down the driveway, over to the beer stand. The, you guess who fed all that stock okay. that night? Okay. So and I told Martin, I says, at the end of that rodeo, I says, Dave, next year you put your bid in to do all the pen work and all the stock okay. work, all the feeding. Okay. So what year was what year was that? Dave Martin out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. How did you find he was, Dave? He had two different names for his rodeos. Keystone Rodeo, I think, was the okay. last name he had. Okay. And uh, what uh, do you remember the association that you would sanction at that point? Was it the APRA? APRA. APRA. APRA followed the ERA pretty closely. They came in pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, after we went. That. We went with Dave Dancy one year. We went straight PRCA. What year would that have been, Dave? Yeah, back back there in those days. Dave Dancy. Well, Dave that Dancy. would have been before Dave Martin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, way before Dave Martin, before yeah. Zinzer. And I think 
um, ERA was more New York State based. Yeah, and it was the, Union Cowboy out of New York State. The ERA would have ended around seventy five, seventy six. It dispersed, and I believe the year that they boycotted Attica was around seventy two, seventy three, because. That's when they entered me in the bull riding was that year because they needed bull riders. Okay. That was your first year in competition. Yeah, because my father didn't like me. So, yeah. Let's see. I heard that story. We, we can raise more kids. Yeah. Yeah. But we can't get more bull riders today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not today. They aren't coming. All right. So, let me let me back up and let's, let's make sure I'm running hey, down. Hey, really cure your brother about bull riding. <laughs> let, let me. Not let Mike. Me, not Mike. Not Mike. Let me run down the list here. Make sure I got this. First off, it was Attica and Chaffee was your stock contractor. Then it became Attica only in 1960, responsible for all the stock. Then Bud Chase out of Connecticut. And he had Bronx coming in out of Canada. Then Dave Dancy came in, and he was PRCA only. Uh, what year would that have been? It would have been probably the late 60s, I would say. Really? Okay. It would be... Martin came in. Zinzer was there one year. That would have been okay. And that, so yeah. there was Dave, and then before the Dave, 80s. before Zinzer, Andy Camp was in there. Andy Camp was there. Double R Rodeo. Yeah, and and uh, Dancy was there before any of them guys. But I don't remember all these years. Okay, Dancy had to be in the sixties. Nineteen. Yeah. Bud Chase came in the seventies. In the seventies. Early seventies. Dave Martin was in the eighties. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, well, I think Bud is, early, Bud is before Dancy, I think. But, um, I think maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't, don't ever remember Dave Dancy. I, I don't remember Dave there. Dancy. I remember Bud Chase. I know the from name, Bud but Chase I don't forward. even know Dave Dancy. So it had well, he be, got killed. Or he died. Right, he got killed in a he, truck wreck. Or and he had his uh, one of his drivers, a clutch blew up on his big tractor and, and blew the guy's leg off. Oh, jeez. And then Dancy kind of went backwards from there. Yeah, but I don't remember him, so I would say he that got was arrested. probably the He 80s. got arrested in Attica. Because <laughs> a couple of boys who climbed in the bullpen were harassing the bulls, and Dancy went right in there after him and beat oh. the shit out of him. Oh, jeez. And the mom and daddy called the troopers. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. And so I talked to the trooper to allow him to go down during intermission to yeah. see the judge. And getting back from the end of the rodeo. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, yeah. show this, must go on. The Wild West in oh, Western New York. I guess so. <laughs> so, do you remember the PRCA years, right? And was that kind of? It sounds like in in maybe the scheme of things that might have been what tripped up the ERA. No, no, no. ERA tripped themselves. ERA up. tripped up themselves. Okay, they had nothing to do with the APRA or the PRCA. And who was your stock contractor with the ERA? I thought that was Bud Chase. Well, that, I think that's, that's a very good possibility. Okay. Bud Chase out of Connecticut. He was ERA. Bud had excellent horses. Yeah. And then when uh, got said and done, he had a big a big Palomino stud named, a gelding named uh, Moon. And that horse would come out of, the, out of the chute. His feet would be higher than the gates when he came out of the chute. And I could still see Eddie Prozier riding that son of a gun. I think I got a picture of him leaving the chute down in really? the basement somewhere. All right, we want to get a picture of that for I sure. So he was probably one of the best bucking horses yeah. for twenty plus years. Okay. And when he got, he ended up getting sold into uh, what's the guy's name down in Virginia. They had Rodeo going thirty four years ago. 
had a pretty good deal. He was I, an APR agent. I know Dave Martin ended up with him before it was all said and well, done. Well, that was after. Yeah. So built. that, yeah, the guy in Virginia could have been. Uh, you see his no, name was Maryland. He's one who had Eddie Phillips' bucking horses, too. Hmm. And Appaloosa Mare and the Morgan horse went to him from Eddie. I, I, I can't think but of I can't think of his name. So picking up, if I've got this right, and I'm typing this as we go, um, um, following Bud Chase would have been Jim Jim Zinzer or Andy no, Camp? The, well, no, Andy Camp was before uh, Martin. Okay. And he would have been the 1980s as well, Andy Camp? Probably. Early 80s. 1980s. And then you had Jim for one year, Zinzer, for one year. He was in the 1980s. Is that true? He would have been late. Cause, well, been, Dave well, Martin was start? before, then Zinzer, and then Dave Martin again, I believe. Is that right? Or No, Martin was straight. Yeah. Straight through. So Zinzer probably would have been before Dave Martin. Yes. Okay. And then Sam picks it up in the late 80s. Maybe 90s-ish. Because you started a rodeo company in 1987. Yeah, but I didn't get the contract up there for four or five years. No, okay. you were just, you were, when you got our contract, you were only leasing horses to Martin. Yeah. And, no, you, I, and I, you came to him and you said, can I bid on the Attica Rodeo? And I said, okay. yes. But I said, I recommend you talk to Dave Martin and tell him what you're going to and thank you for all the order of this. There were, I didn't realize there was that many stock contractors. And I didn't realize you guys had started it on your own. And I had heard a story, and I, I don't remember if Mike told me the story. When the ERA went away, you were back to providing your own stock again. You called Je, uh, Jim uh, Swearingen and got, got some horses, got some... Yeah. Right? You did it yourself again. Yeah. Jim had uh, the Brax, string of Brax that Sam took over and started his business with okay okay and you did that one year just to let's get it off let's let's have yeah, a and it was uh, it was jim and mike and i that called all these writers from different from canada and mid-east midwest okay. whatever okay to uh come to the rodeo and yeah they all came they all came so and we had a full commitment of writers okay and so you're done with the era you're moving on to other things um, you started, the first rodeo was in June of 1957. When did August, the first full weekend of August, become? You're getting awful technical. I am. I am. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> it wasn't the start? The first rodeo could have been in August, too. I oh, don't okay. remember. Okay. 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 But that's kind of, it became a permanent thing at a certain point. Yeah. Where you said this in nine, is. Summer of 1957, that's a good way to put it. Okay, summer of 1957, August, you said this is our date from here forward. Yeah. And that's when it started. Okay. Um, and horse shows started that year also. So how many horse shows might you do a year? We usually did one a month. Really? And uh, we would have nine classes. We started with nine classes. So games, pleasure, equitation, halter, that sort of no stuff? Halter no halter. No halter. Back then. Okay. okay. We didn't know what a halter horse was back then. Right. Did you have ropings? We knew what their good-looking horses were. Yeah. Later on, we added roping to the horse shows for a while. You did? Okay. Okay. Um, and you had mentioned, uh, and I want to get back to this, because this is, this episode's about the business of rodeo. 
you know, we talk with a lot of competitors and they, they talk about a lot of great rides and a lot of great rodeos. Um, we've talked with um, contract acts, you know, clowns and, and, and certainly they're part of it. Pickup men, all that stuff. But we haven't really talked to anybody that says we're putting up the financial commitment to put on this rodeo. We are taking a risk every time we sign a contract with a stock contractor and these rodeo contract acts. And I've got this much money. I know what it's going to cost me. I need to get butts in the seats. Right. And. What were some of the early challenges of that from the business? You talk about Mr. Watson at the bank. He was willing to we give We never you... really looked at him as challenges or problems. We okay. just we just went and did what we had to do. Okay. You know, so I when you say challenges and problems, that's a as a high tech word to me. That that's okay. You're running a business and well, we knew we had we knew we had to advertise. Yeah. We knew we had to satisfy the spectators, number yeah. one. Yeah. We had to satisfy the contestants, number two, yeah, and the organization, number three. Yeah. But we put all three on the same level. For sure. And if you don't do your advertising, and eventually we learned you had to have sponsors also yeah. to bring the money in. When did you start bringing sponsors in? I'm going to say maybe 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And that just evolved, that just started to become a thing in rodeo and you guys picked well, it up? Well, I, I see all these, thinking about money. Yeah. Because this is kind of a year-round commitment in one sense. But think about money and different ways of getting in. I'm, I'm watching these professionals, the big-time professionals, and they're getting all these sponsors for their rodeos. Uh-huh. So why is Natica getting a sponsor? Yeah. Why are we just selling ads in a program book? Okay. So I started thinking about it and talking about it to different guys in the club and in this uh, Alfred Vaughn who just joined the club and he boarded with me for five years and uh, he learned about horses, I guess, at our place and okay. and uh, he's gone on with it and he's become a president so on and so forth and director of the club I know as the years went yeah. by. And he's the one that uh, I asked him if he'd do the, start doing the sponsoring. Yeah. Oh, and so he'd go out and visit with the sponsors and bring in the money. And he'd, he'd get it done. Okay. And he'd write the contracts for them and uh, that had different contracts for different sizes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he did a hell of a job getting it started. Yeah. So but sometimes guys get tired of doing something after a while. Yeah. And it drops off a little bit. Yeah. But now you've got to have another business type person step up in the club mm -hmm. to continue on with this. He's mm -hmm. still doing some. Right. Gene Rollenstraw does, has done some sponsoring. Yep. And he did a hell of a job getting the shoot gates uh, signs up I there see. for us. I see. And uh, to the financial aspect of it, money's money, as you said, um, with sponsors, did that, that had to begin to mitigate the risk if the fans didn't show up because of rain or weather or whatever it might be, was your goal to cover X amount of the overhead so that you had that covered regardless? Well, we wanted your overhead. We wanted the overhead for the year covered period. You did. But it also enabled us to expand different features of the okay. facilities. Okay. And that's when we put that new barn up down there. Yeah. Which uh, Brad Johnson, Dirk, Foster were responsible for, 
<clears throat> even though they set the poles uh, kitty cockeyed first and I asked him why and I said maybe you better go up and talk to my father <laughs> this is just tidbit information <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he's so, a general contractor <laughs> so Dirk went up and talked to my dad dad came down and measured everything out right they pulled the poles and reset them where they belonged but they they were responsible for putting the barn up okay well thank goodness for that because usually Attica used to be drought re relief weekend yeah 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 with the weather yeah so so along those lines were the years where you lost money in the rodeo never lost money we never lost money never lost money always was able to cover your contractor and wow that is so impressive that is so you say we've gone to the bank for mortgage money in the past the one year after we had a We'll call it a shake-up in a club. Okay. And we went from 43 members to nine. Holy cow. And the nine of us put the rodeo on that year. There were no funds, basically. So each of us went to Chet Watson at the bank and borrowed, we each borrowed equal amounts of money. Do you remember how on much our personal, that was? On our personal notes. On personal notes. you remember how much that was? No, not really. Okay. I can that lie would to have you. been. I ain't gonna lie to you. No, that's fine. <laughs> that would have been nineteen. <clears throat> yep. Right. Early on. <laughs> early on. I mean, first off, I was many... I was still on a dairy farm. My dairy farm at the time. It was so. in the seventies. In the nineteen seventies. Early seventies. Okay. Because uh, when you started, the original rodeo committee sounded like it wasn't very big. Ten people, maybe. You had one rodeo chairman. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Then the other guys, if you wanted help, you ask them for it. Okay. You didn't really have uh, a big committee over you didn't the years. Have a committee. But didn't you start off with like 18 official members? Was it 18, 20 official members? Because I remember you naming people off at one originally point. Originally started with 12. Okay. <laughs> so so originally 12, did it cost you? That was in 1957. The 12 signed a membership book. So 12 members. Did it cost you to be a member? Cost us twenty dollars a month. So two, okay, okay. So t for me to be a member, I would come in. You do whatever. You'd say, "Yep, you can be a member. Sign here. Send us your twenty dollars every month." And that was part of our operating cost. That that's what we used it. Part of the money we used to start with. That's what you used to start with. Besides Mr. Putnam's help. Yes. So let me get this straight. Yeah. To come and work all summer long, you're paying twenty dollars a month. To oh, do yeah, it. but it was fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. And getting getting bucked off a horse or stopped by a bull or Butch Walker, he goes, we're, we're still wrestle practicing down one, one night down there. He always wore a white shirt, cowboy shirt. Butch always wore a white cowboy shirt. Yeah. And we're practicing steer wrestling one night. Yeah. And him and Glenn, this Glenn guy, we're going down through. Pudge goes off on his steer. He gets him, goes down, throws him. He stands up. His white shirt is all red. He thought he was dead. Oh, my goodness. Oh. The horn broke off. Oh. He spurted blood all over his white shirt. Wow. Okay. He never steer wrestled again. I would <laughs> think not. So, so let me get this straight. Not only are you pulling shoot gates and feeding cattle and everything in the early years, you also, everybody competed? You were still calf roping. You uh, were... Most everybody got into 
competition one way or another. They did. And we used to have the wild steer race. Yeah. Where you had three guys, and you had a guy with a mugger. Okay. And a guy was on a rope. It wasn't milking this time. No. No. And you had to saddle a goddamn steer and ride him across the finish line. Okay. Where where did you find that one? Where, who came up with that idea? Some dumb cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like a great event. So you had you we had. We used that. to do stuff like that up the Deans when we back in the early fifties when we started fussing around. So if I were to come to the rodeo in nineteen sixty, right? Just think of that August, first week, first full weekend in in August, right? I would come to that rodeo, probably going to pay maybe not ninety cents anymore, maybe a dollar to get in, and I'm going to watch the general uh, rodeo events, bareback Bronx, saddle Bronx bulls. Team roping? No. No? No? Steer wrestling for sure. Calf roping. Cowgirl barrel racing. Bull riding. Wild steer riding. Or wild steer, what'd you call it? Wild steer. Race. Race. So we'd see that Ori- too. Originally. Originally. Yeah. I forgot what year we quit that. Oh, you quit. And this wasn't a competition they... They practiced for all year. It could go. No, it was up. it was basically uh, members and family members and so on and so forth <laughs> right. to get in on this deal. Okay. Anybody that wanted to. Okay. And we turn them all out at once. With oh, a guy my. with a rope. Yeah. And yeah. hold the gall darn thing. Yeah. The mugger come out and grab the darn thing, and the other guy's trying to saddle him. Okay. We have them all out at once. Okay. That way it made it more interesting. Yeah, that would be. That, a lot of wrecks. And again, helmets <laughs> right. and, and protective vests and shin guards and all that stuff. They wore. Right? You have to give me a definition what those things are. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you, one of the things Attic has always been famous for is the calf scramble. Kids calf scramble. When did that come in place? I would say originally. Originally. Said let's do something for the kids. Yeah. Uh, mutton busting. They came in after we, I'll see in what, 60 or 70s. We did it for a few years. Well, I don't remember. I remember. Well, Josie's a 96 model, as you would say. And so it was in the early, I'm going to say the early 2000s when we stopped because she was in the last open shoot and yeah. out they go. And yeah, I, I don't know if I was the first one to do the mutton busting, but I did the mutton busting at, at the rodeos. And Yeah, I yeah, think I, probably you're right. As a competitor, yeah. you mean? No, no, no. Yeah, his his muttons were weighed about sixteen hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, some only twelve hundred. Yeah, we had to have about forty or fifty sheep. Yeah, and yeah. it was the wildest thing you ever wanted to see. When I told Dave, we talked about it, and I said, "There's going to be so many kids. There's no way we can do this." And a timely manner you know yeah. it's going to take yeah. three hours for the yeah. mutton buster you yeah. know and you're going to have kids crying because they couldn't get on you know and you know so he says well let's do them all at once i said what he said let's turn them out all at once it was the wildest thing you ever seen oh my god it was great and the kids had fun <laughs> well some did something <laughs> but we right. turned them out all at once last man on is a winner yeah. last yeah. lady whoever yeah. was yeah. it you yeah. know <laughs> craziest thing you ever seen. That and Jack Shop Boys gave him an award. Okay. Mutton busting or the, okay. the calf scramble. Okay. 
So you had 12 originally members, original members on the committee. I'm going to go back to that. You said it ballooned <laughs> up to about 40. And well, then we, there was some sort of a Saturday night massacre, it sounds like. And there went and became nine. Yeah. When was that? Do you remember? A couple of days ago. A couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but every so often, you got to restructure, right? So so how is the rodeo committee? You kick the stuff that don't want to work and don't want to produce. Okay. They still have to They want to come and sit in the rodeo stands and watch the rodeo yeah. for their $20 and bring the whole family. Okay. Get out. Now, after you kick so them out. So we voted them out. Vote them out. Wow. It's in our bylaws. You've got to you chartered, vote people We're a chartered out. New York yeah. State Corporation. Yeah. With bylaws who are written by lawyers out of Buffalo. Wow. Okay. And everything is legit. And oh, my And if you change goodness. your bylaws, you have to go through the State Charter yep. Commission, whatever yep. they call it. Yep. So you voted them out. You still get to keep their $20 a month for forever at that point? Or no, they're, they're $20 ads. They're done. <laughs> they're done. <laughs> what they paid in so far, they're done. They're done. They're done. So no buyout. No. Nope. No, no buyout. buyout. No buyout. Nope. So... What what? Um, Nobody owns anything in a corporation either. It's technically a volunteer organization. Volunteer organization. Strictly They're volunteer. F- Nobody is allowed to be paid. Okay. According to our New York State Charter. Okay. What are you allowed to do with the money? Spend it on uh, donations to charitable donations. That's a good word. Organizations local, around local volunteer organizations like the fire department, EMS. Um, our local youth athletics, um, yeah. the library, yep. and um, and then overall operating funds. We put it back in to have for like our horse shows, our barrel racing, our cattle penning okay. Okay. that are uh, weekly events during the summer and um, to help support them and bring things. Yeah. Do you have an idea of how many dollars you have donated to the community over the years, roughly? 65 years. And when did you, when when would you have started donating? It had to be in a place where you go, okay, we feel kind of solid. I think probably originally was when they first had the ambulance there, which Marley Funeral Home, Dick Marley owned the ambulance at that time. Yeah. But he would donate it. The firemen would be on call for any problems, and we would donate to the fire department. It was the first we donated to. And when Dick sold the ambulance to the fire department, we increased a donation to the ambulance fund. Okay. Which I think we give them a dollar to. <laughs> now, I don't want to get hurt. What does that mean? The guy that owns the... And supplying the ambulance <laughs> yes. is the funeral home right. director. Right. So well, if you're just hurt, you know, hurt your finger, you might be funeral in the yeah, next I, I three see. days. So I, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> Did you know that back then? Huh? Did you know that back then? No, no. no. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah he owned the funeral home too. Well, <laughs> and he was my mother's cousin. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, so, so you 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 go to forty members. You drop back down to nine. What what seemed to be for those? Let's say from the seventies, eighties, that nineties. What seemed to be the right committee size? It just worked. And did it become structured to where you're responsible for this? You're responsible for this. You're responsible for that. 
always had one person responsible for each division. Okay, what are your divisions? Well, you got your horse shows, your team pennant, okay. sorting now, okay. and your beer stand, your food stand, uh, Holy cow. horse shows, so on. Okay. And, and one, person's, one person is a leader in each one of those divisions. Yeah. And then they pick the people they want that might help them. That are, that are it, also members, paying members? Not, not all of them. No. No. That was one of my other questions. How many volunteers, when it comes time to put on the rodeo? Originally, we had all family and uh, friend volunteers, yep. which helped with 100 people we needed, we'll say. Okay. And you only had, originally we had, uh, well, membership changed. The last 20 years, it's been 50 plus, but previously it was 30 probably plus. Okay. When did you bring in the cattle pennant? I'd say in the 70s. 30 years, 30 plus years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you had another event, another division, cattle pinning and? No, it's ranch sorting. Right. And they alternate weekends between, or alternate, alternate Fridays. It's cattle pinning and ranch sorting. And ranch sorting. When did you bring in the ranch sorting? That's new? I'm going to say that. In the last three years, okay. three, four years. Okay. Maybe, maybe five. Okay. Something like that. And but that's not in the rodeo. That's yeah. just a that's just a separate deal with the team penning structure. But the cattle penning is in the rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it horse, seems to be one of the bigger spectator sports. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. That the crowd really enjoys that. Absolutely. Because they see cowboys and cowgirls chasing wild cows. Plus, it's local. It's local people that, um, if you're sitting in the stand, you may know that person that's out. You bet. Because you bet. they're from what the Western New York area. Yeah. And and to be clear to our listeners, uh, when we talk about chasing cattle in this setting, no 22s, no 12 gauges, none of that. Right? That was only cowboys and Indians. No, we don't even allow pistols in there for that. Well, good. <laughs> good. Okay. Uh, just trying to tie lose his pistol one night. What? We did have a guy lose his pistol oh. down there one night. Oh, my. During a regular Friday night run. Oh, my. Oh, my. And so we stopped everything, and we basically combed the sand to find him. That's pretty irresponsible is what that is. <laughs> That's pretty irresponsible. And, and up, you don't need that stuff. Because up no. over the hill, yeah. you got sharpshooters in the towers. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> up at the, yeah, yeah, that's true. So And they are accurate. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, so horse shows. Phone. Still putting on horse shows. We were there, was it two years ago, Sam? We went in and watched uh, the barrel racing. Mm -hmm. Thursday night barrel racing. Thursday night barrel racing. You're still doing Thursday night barrel racing. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So the grounds are used a lot during the summer. And if I'm responsible for horse shows, that's when I'm there. Now, I may pitch in during the rodeo. Everybody pitches in during the rodeo. But my job is to organize and make sure the horse shows go off the way they need to. Okay. Um so I'm interested still in the financial challenges of things. Yeah. We also have uh, clinics we put on down there, too. So Skeet Barrett does her barrel racing clinic. Yep. What other clinics do you have down there? We've had um, Derek, last year Derek Partridge came in and did a ranch sorting um, okay. clinic. Okay. Um, we've had uh, Julia. Horsemanship clinics. Good night. Horsemanship clinics. Very um, nice. Luke Reinbold. Very nice. Stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So the ground is used. So the vision of Mr. Putnam, 
He said, I'm going to donate this to you boys. And when, when you bought the railroad uh, uh, right away and turned it into a driveway, when did you pick up the other side where they park on the other side of the driveway? Coming it was in the early 60s. In early 60s. man named Hooven owned it. He let us use it for quite a few years. And uh, say the mid-60s, he sold that land to us. And we purchased that with a mortgage. With a mortgage. Okay, so Mr. Watson comes in. The, the rodeo committee, I'm sorry, the rodeo corporation itself, which is a not-for-profit, which is volunteer only, was able to get a mortgage, and it bought the land. And the members signed their name on the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, so guarantees by the members. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was expanded. Was that the last of the land purchases for you? Yes, we gained uh, another approximately 12 acres free because our deed runs to the creek. To the creek, behind And the creek took part of Gene Redding's land. Yeah. And what's Dirk Foster's land today. Yeah. And swallowed up their land. Because the creek and moved. And put it on our side. Oh, my. Because the creek moved. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. So we gain there's a there's a row of poles that go light poles go across the middle of that parking lot out there. Yeah. That's where the original bank was. Okay. And, and three times we brought in bulldozers over the years as the creek moved. To fill it in. Fill in and, and move back the brush. Oh my goodness. Okay. And originally there was the railroad trestle. This makes sense to me now. Yeah. There was the old railroad trestle that had the abutments. Joe Farley told a story, he was eight nine maybe and some some young man jumped off and yep oh made a mess of red weatherby's son yeah made a mess of things so he he cracked his skull there's pylons down there yep yep and he cracked his head on it and uh kind of made him a yeah. big strong smart kid to a kind of a dummy oh my oh my hit that hard yeah Joe, that. red weatherby and uh bernie miller always ran our calf shoots for years and years yeah Volunteers. Yeah. And they lived nowhere near us. Really? They just loved rodeo. They loved rodeo and come in and help promote it and that sort of thing. What other what other events have come and gone? So you had the wild steer riding, steer race. What other events? Yeah. We had an event one time that uh, our club competed against Smoke Creek Riders out of West Seneca. And it was kind of an all game, oddball game type thing. And we had uh, Ed Kilgore, who was a radio TV announcer out of uh, Buffalo, came down and announced it. And our two clubs went head-to-head -head on this competition situation. And uh, it was uh, quite a competition. I don't know who drank the most, but... <laughs> that was the competition? Now, that wasn't in the and rodeo that, arena, was it? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Not the drinking. No, no. And at the same time, toward the end of the evening, uh, a flood came in again. Yeah. We had a foot of water in front of the food stand. Yeah. And all these drunks are trying to get their trucks and trailers and wives and everything out of there. Yeah. Let's just say in the 60s and 70s, and maybe the early 80s, yeah. things were a lot wilder. Yeah. And there was, it, I, mean, I don't want to say freer, but there was... There wasn't the, um, no, you can't do this event 
because you're going to get hurt. Right. So now since since then, the by the wayside has gone musical bags where you would be like it would be like the musical chairs. Yeah. Or stall race along the same line. You go around the pylons in a circle. Music stops, and you either race to a bag or race to a pole, uh, a standing stall. Yeah. Well, that's been deemed too dangerous I now see. in today's atmosphere. Yeah. Mommy's today atmosphere with her it, little babies. So, so that this is as the pill was being invented, where you couldn't raise more kids to replace the ones you kill off. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. I there see. Very cool. So, <laughs> so you, you've taken me to an interesting place. You had the risk. You had writers that showed up, and I'm talking the 60s, and, every, and, and back then everybody kind of assumed the risk. Right. And those risks, in my, I was actually able to be part of those risks, and they were fun. Yeah, yeah. And it was enjoyable. You laughed. You enjoyed. It was it was fun competition. Yeah. I remember once, um, and it was probably one of the last times we did the stall race, Robin Nichols, which is not who is now Robin Swearingen, yeah. myself, yeah. and Gene Carnes. Yeah. Yeah. We stall race, final yeah. three. Yeah. We kicked everybody else out. Yeah. And it came down to the three of us. Yeah. And it Robin and I Gene was gone. Gene was gone. It was left to us. Robin ended up winning the event. I okay. took second, okay. but that okay. was kind of... Okay. What's a stall race? Yeah, describe that to us. I have okay. no clue. Stall race is you have like... You got 10 riders. Post. Start with 10 riders. Well, I'm starting with the locust posts okay. that you, you put through your box wire fence so that you have standing stalls for the horses for the horses okay 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 and it's like the um, musical chairs where you have one less stall than you have riders okay so if you have 10 riders you only have nine stalls yeah you run around you have a pylons that form like a square yeah. circle yeah uh, in the center of the arena yeah and you're playing music yeah and so you lope jog walk Stall, whatever. Horseback, on horseback. All on horseback. Yeah. Keeping your eye on who's around you and where those stalls are and where you're in relation to. Because when that music is turned off, all hell breaks loose and you get to an empty stall. No matter what. It's no okay matter to what. ride over the other person. Ride over the other person if you need to. And yeah. if two people hit the same stall at the same time. Ride it out. You ride it out. You have everybody else stays in their stalls. Yeah. And those two people ride it out. Okay. But if somebody misses that stall by half a second, yeah. the first person in gets Sorry, that stall, I'm here. you're Boom. out. So you just ride head on. Head yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. So if you're like on the opposite side if of the you're arena, smart, you teach your horse you just how to kick. Run. <laughs> run cut through the center. So basically, you go fast you. until yeah. you get near the stalls, you slow down. Go fast yeah. until you get near the stall. You slow down. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I get it now. Were there fist fights? Elbowing. That was his generation. That was a, that was a prominent uh, game back in the days. Really? At the yeah. horse shows and such. You had you had forty guys in foot one classes. I had never heard. I've this. never heard of. I had never heard this. Now I've heard of the musical chairs. Now the rule was in the musical chairs you had to bail off and get on, get on a chair. Bag. Oh no! Or back. Yeah. Yes. But you had to unless you unless you yes. ran unless you ran the guy over like Ronnie Q. You'd run him over and rip his shirt off his back, and then you grab the bag. And, <laughs> and and would he get ejected for no 
Or would he get a foul or no. lose points or anything? Get back. Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that again. And he did it again. You go really. You got to stop. Did, stop did you it. hear me the first time? Yeah, yeah. If you do that again, um, uh, so I, have, I have seen Jack Lux and Ronnie Keel in fist-to-fist battles in a bag race in the arena. In the arena. I mean, during during the event, they're they're serious. Yes, they are. They're serious. <laughs> when they and, come out with with bloodied faces yeah. and shirts ripped off their backs, you bet. And Carmen Blackfocal was like that too. And he yep. had the horse, the black that was trained to kick out. In a, in a competition stall race. And the horse and would kick the others? He would kick the other horses, oh scare them away. Okay. So... You had a lot of good guys riding back in those days. Yeah. And and anything goes because we're riding for a big prize. Yeah, maybe a blue ribbon. What did it pay to win? <laughs> well, sometimes you had a bag of feed. Oh. <laughs> no no checks. Yeah. No checks. Maybe, so, maybe a couple silver dollars. Okay. Okay. I did win 120 silver dollars at a show in East Aurora one time. That's how they paid out silver dollars. Silver dollars, real silver dollars. And my horse was grand champion of the show. 120 120, silver dollars. That's in what year? Probably 1958 or nine. So those would have been Eisenhower's silver dollars. We still you still have them. I have a couple in my dresser drawer. You still have them. That well, I, somehow a lot of them disappeared. I don't know. I well, got a few left. There well, probably. but well, good boy. thing she took them. You'd have spent them and bought another horse. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't have that many. <laughs> we have problems, Dave. So at a certain point, the Wild West feel, you know, fist, fist fights and so forth in the arena, you had the risk. The risk started to come in, right? As, as that was becoming less acceptable whenever that was. So what what year do you remember that you had to buy insurance? I think we've always had basically always had insurance because we we had the business minded people within the okay. club that knew okay. that from the beginning. So like yeah. a liability insurance, it was liability. And I think just recently in the past few years, and correct me if I'm wrong, they started buying insurance to cover um, rainstorm weather. Yeah, right. So if you, if which it, is to me is ridiculous. Well, it, it's a waste of money. It it and and I don't know. I mean, it's been a, it's been a waste of money. Has it? Okay. I mean, yes, you, but the minute that you don't buy it, yeah, we're gonna have that storm like we had a few years back where the, the creek flooded. Was director of the rodeo deal, we had that big storm. Yes, had three feet of water down there where the parking is. Yeah, and uh, it was starting to come over the bank by Wright's corners yep. over there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, I remember pulling. Well, it was truck. a Sunday night show, and you could not see standing right here at the fence. And there's the bulls coming out of the chute. You could not see the bulls coming out of the chute. That was my that, one week, my one time that off. Was your last, well, no, that was as bad as I've ever seen. Yeah, I've been to a lot of rodeos in my life. Yeah, pulling my truck and trailers. I had uh, my little truck and trailer and the big truck and trailer there. My little trailer. I just gunned it, and I remember fins of water, or yeah. fans, or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just. Wings going out the side. Water. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Wings. Wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angel wings. Yeah. <laughs> so, Please, Jesus, get me out of here. Send me your angels. <laughs> so, so, weather insurance, for our listener, explain what that is. I believe it's, it's in the case of where if something happens, the weather is so bad and our attendance is, so, is down and we are unable to make our needs uh-huh. and, and i can explain this oh, a little bit thank you. Okay. Uh, okay through the 
contracting end is uh, okay. It it they go if you get X amount of rain, like a quarter of an inch, say, within three or four hours of the performance, mm-hmm. um, maybe an hour into it, mm-hmm. um, at and they'll take it from like a local airport. So probably with Attica, it might be the Perry Airport or Batavia is the closest one. I see. So if they get that much rain there, yeah, they pay you, depending on how much you pay for this, X amount of dollars. X, per, it's, it's a lump sum. Right. No matter if it rains and you get, you know, and stops within an hour of the performance, yep. if it does that and you still bring the people in, yeah. you still get paid that You money. still get paid. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. the way I understand it. You know, I I have had some committees that get it and done well, and I had some that uh, say it's a waste of money. Yeah. You know, it, it it's it's playing the lottery yeah. type scenario. Yeah. You know. And so they would insure just enough to cover hard costs, or what would they? Um, it all depends. Um, yeah. And a lot of them, like North Washington, started getting it, but they only got it Friday and Saturday night, their I biggest see. crowd Their nights. biggest crowd nights, okay. Yeah. They didn't buy it all. And depends, basically depends on what your income was or what it's estimated to be. Yeah, okay. And okay. Yeah, it's like any insurance. If you pay, the more you pay, the more money you'll get on the back end. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I know... John Kent made out really good one year because okay. the people were in there, and then it rained, and he got paid. I see. Um, and the show was still able to go on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We we actually ran it late because that was bad. Yeah. The creek started coming up. and Well, <laughs> you've got that danger, that right? The creek behind yes. you. Easy enough to come up and over? Yes. We had water as high as the food stand serving shelf down there. Really? Two times. So that's three foot three and a half foot mm-hmm. probably four because that's a foot higher off the ground than the ground level is oh my goodness okay. but what's because there's a step up kind of the... yeah 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 but also what some people don't realize that it could be raining up at the corner up mm-hmm. at the light by the post office in the bank yeah. and we have sunshine yeah and yeah. dry as a bone okay and that's just a half a mile to a not yeah. even a mile yeah. down the road yeah wow okay so 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 we have the risks. We got to, and you guys sound like from the very beginning. So if wannabe rodeo committee folks are listening, this is where we're kind of headed, right? Um, you got to you gotta cover your liabilities, right? And the stock contractor's got to bring his own or her own liability insurance with it as well. And then there's other insurances, it sounds like, for weather and so forth to cover. Sounds like from an advertising standpoint, you guys figured out pretty darn quickly we got to spend money to advertise. Can't depend on word of mouth. And years and years ago, the IPRA sent out a booklet that told you basically how to run rodeo. But in it, it recommended that you spend 17% of your gross income on advertising. Okay. Okay. And we always tried to do that, except for the new people taking the club over. They don't and, want to do that. And anymore. they wanted to drop back off 17%. And again, what yeah. was it? 17% of? Your gross. Gross, gross gate. Okay. A gate and plus sponsors and so forth. That was uh, gross income. Gross income. Okay. 
So 17%, pretty healthy number. And you said earlier... Well, we used to spend, when I was running it, I used to spend 30,000 round figures in advertising. Really? Back and we then. would take in 200 to 250,000. Okay. If you had a bad year, weather-wise or something, you might drop down to 175. Okay. In the early years, like I said, we started out at 900. So yeah. Yeah. things progressed. Yeah. And... and was there a moment, I mean, these numbers are incredible, you know, when you're talking about a gate of 250000 gross income. Well, that's gate, food stand, beer stand. Sponsors everything. Sponsors everything. As I said, gross. Yeah. Still no. a big number, right? Still yes, a it is. big number. $900 the first year, was gate only or was that gate food and everything? It was gate and food, that's how we had. Okay. Um, so when did... When did you go, we're on to something from a financial standpoint, when did you see the numbers really start to come in? At some point, you started at $900 all in. You've seen as high as 250000 all in. When did you really see it go? Uh, just was a gradual. Continuous all the way through. Every year a little because bit better we, than the year before. We learned a little more about the advertising, what you had to do, and... We just kind of, it, it was a gradual incline, not cut and dry. Okay. That, the second year I did the rodeo. The first year it took a while for yeah. people to understand what they're going to get. And but after then, that it just then, took off. Then, oh, really? That's when, and it went from like 1000 a year maybe to 250000 Yeah. 200, oh, wow. 263000 263000 I do remember about it. one year because Dave wouldn't let me start the rodeo till the food stand had backed off. Okay. And, okay. uh, and I said to him Sunday, I said, well, did you crack the $200,000 mark? And it was none of my business. And yeah. he said, we've done a little better than that. Okay. I said, yeehaw. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Okay, so, I'll get a raise next year. And of the 250000 and I know sponsors are in there, that's X number of dollars, uh, gate, walk-ins, gate, you know, buy online, everything ahead of time. Um, and food and the beer stand and when did the beer stand come in and did you see it was that a big deal when the beer stand came in it was probably in the 60s middle early middle 60s really rather roughly, roughly okay i didn't realize it was there that long <clears throat> and we that, built a shed out underneath where the one is now the new one okay there was an old shed there okay and the beer stand in the 1960s, we had heard a story that the police, the troopers had asked you to start the beer stand because the cowboys were going downtown and created a bit of a ruckus after the rodeo. Well, I don't know if the police ever told us that, but we knew, we knew that they were doing it. <laughs> Them boys from Canada, yeah, yeah. they just flat ass, they go to the, the old stage house up there one night. Yeah. And, uh, the one boy he's swinging off the chandelier coming comes down the stairs and oh, no. and uh, deputy dog comes up to the porch and the boys all come out on the porch. You know he got back in his car and he drove away. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Okay. They set the Attica Hotel on fire one night upstairs. Oh my! It was an accident, of course. Yeah, for sure. And there was nothing serious that went on; just a few yeah. miscellaneous yeah. fists yeah so the beer stands in the 1960s so you're pretty much containing all this pretty well 
I mean, the Cowboys are there. We you have had, the bands. When also. did you have bands start? When we started the beer stand. Really? Back in the '60s, you said let's let's entertain them, let's keep them here. Yeah. And oh, by the way, we got a place. If you want to pitch a tent over here, you can stay. Right. Right. Spend the spend the weekend. So back and we to, sold we sold weekend tickets also. Not just nightly or daily. Or okay. One performance tickets. We sold weekend tickets. Okay. So share what you can share of the, give me as much detail as you want, of let's say it's a $250,000 a year. What percentage is food? I'm going to say food was probably along the line of about $30,000. Okay. Beer stand was about the same. Okay. Um, that was running about 18 to 20. 18 to 20. Okay. Our new man has brought it up to... Uh, Fifty-three thousand this year on beer, fifty thousand plus last year. So what was the promotion? You like doubled your beer sales. So that's a lot of just, beer. Yeah, almost triple it. Almost tripled it. Oh my god! I so think what it is, it depends on the bands that come in. Really? Because the bands also bring in their following. Okay. The people they may not be coming in for ex the actual rodeo. Okay. They're coming in to listen to the band and dance and party. And that's and it, free? They pay an extra five bucks to come through the gate. They do. After the rodeo. After, After the rodeo. rodeo. So yeah. five dollars. And security okay. stays at both gates. Okay. So that, and liquor and. Um, and security is real cops. Really? Okay. We and, town? No. No. They're from, well. It's a security, uh, security company. Security company. Okay. But it's off-duty. chiefs. Police officers from different town and areas, Western New York, that he's put together. Okay. So $5, no beer in, no beer out. No beer in, no beer out. No okay. whiskey in, no whiskey out. No whiskey, no... But you're not serving whiskey. Yes. Yes, we do now. Whiskey. When we got the sponsorship for... Um, Pendleton. Pendleton. Really? We opened up uh, off to the side by the beer, in the beer stand by the beer, little, where the band stand is off to the side. Yeah. There's a little um, corned off area yeah. where we, one of the local bars comes in with their liquor license. Okay. We we get the beer license, beer and wine license. Yep. But then one of our local bars, which I think right now is um, up in Darien, and I can't think of the name off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. But um, they uh, bring in with their liquor license, and then they serve the hard liquor okay and, okay but you cannot leave that area you're not supposed to leave that area with the liquor I oh see. we have a we have an officer standing at the i see at the gate so okay I can't get good. but i can stand in that area hear the bands partake, yes you can all that sort of thing you can hear the band you can see the band because it's lattice okay. there's a lattice um that separates everything and if i'm part of the beer stand crowd i can move about a bit right Mm -hmm. um, you can go in, you know, the entire food stand bleacher area yeah. is available for you to, you know, if you want to get away from the beer stand for a little bit, you can go sit on the bleachers yeah. and watch if there's um, slack going on in the arena after the yeah. rodeo. Okay. Um, but you're not allowed to carry any beer outside of either of the gates. I see. Into any of the parking lots. We have an officer lots. stationed okay. each That's gate excellent. after the rodeo till about two or three in the morning. And for our listeners that don't know what slack is, yeah, 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 it's kind of a overflow of contestants. Yeah, 
you have too many to put in the show. So we do it uh, after the rodeo normally, sometimes before. And uh, it, it, it's caused me many years to not get to the beer stand because slack was going on. Slack was going on. Which it on. saved me some money. And, yeah. You know. And it wasn't the barrel racers because they're in and out. It was the, your ropers. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, it didn't have anything so. to do with the 113 barrel racers. <laughs> <laughs> Just 180, just 180 team ropers. Yeah, yeah. You guys draw. You guys draw. We've done in Attica. We've done many different things to try to get the contestants by numerous performances or numerous different rodeos and everything. Yep. Some things worked. Some things didn't. And uh, yeah, one year it was yeah crazy amount of slack because I tried to put in like three or four separate rodeos and then five performances and it just killed me and the help and everybody and, okay. okay but we tried you know yeah. if you don't try nothing you don't get anywhere yeah and well it, uh, and, and that's what i'm taking away you guys you guys tried a lot of things you were willing to you got involved in a lot of things we this would is, analyze after every rodeo yeah certain people yeah would analyze what we did yeah what we might have done right what yeah. we did wrong okay and also, before rodeos took place, I always ask, well, just say like Dean Sawyer, Bernie Buckmeyer, Dick Knapp, prominent riders in rodeo, and the Swearingen family, because they're yeah. all pro very prominent. Yeah. Anything that we could do to better what I we see. did. So always you always have to inquire that. of the people that are doing it to find out if you're right or wrong. Yeah. Or if you can improve. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the pats on the back, everything is good, everything, you know, that, that's, that's okay. But I want to hear what I did wrong so I can fix it. You bet. I want to hear what did them people like, you know, what, yeah. Yeah. what didn't they like, because I want to fix what was wrong. For sure. And uh, every, every, from the beginning rodeo, yeah. we, we would ask these questions. Okay, okay. Because if you don't, you're not going to improve. You're not going to get better. You're yeah. just going to be yeah. stale. Yeah. And the following meeting, our, our following, um, since we're always the first weekend, weekend, we always have either usually a director's meeting or a meeting that's the following Tuesday and as the membership, because not everybody can see everything. Yeah. So the membership will come and give their experiences or what they saw out there that was good bad or you bet and are you while you're working right you both have jobs during the rodeo were you able to get away and go watch a performance here and there could you see part of it i would say it's my job it wasn't her job she yeah. sat in there counting money all yeah. the time yeah yeah i know that last yeah. year she never saw a rodeo yeah show. and that's something that that i think our listeners need to really understand the rodeo committee and this is amazing. And, and I, I want to get back to, don't let me forget about the number that's been given to the, the organizations through donations, okay? Um, we'll make some estimates maybe of that. But it's incredible. We show up for five performances, right? I can, I can come by a weekend pass. Um, I, can, I can see four or five performances and I go, that was really cool. I leave and I don't give it another thought until next August when I want to go do it again. You guys are meeting monthly. You're meeting continuously. You've got horse shows going on. You're continuously looking at how to improve. Isn't this a job? It is. Uh, the 20 years that I was on the board and 
I served as a treasurer, um, that was a full-time job. Um, my husband was our CPA and, um, we worked from nine in the morning until sometimes we weren't going to bed till like two, three, four o'clock in the morning and then getting back up at nine to get everything going. Um, and then I was also going to school at one point, raising my daughter and had a full-time job. You bet. So you have to, you have to have a passion for doing this um and you also have to have a support system um that allows it that allows it allows it so she didn't have time to ride her own horse yes and that's a point i want to get across this is a business this is not me showing up as a committee member to go oh great i get to get in and watch the rodeo right i've had to work 365 days all the way through thinking about it at the very least uh, thinking about how to improve and that sort of thing. So what, Dave, was the passion for you? Why? Just grew up with it, I guess. Didn't know any different. Yeah. Just enjoyed doing it. Yeah. But all these years, Dave, 65 years plus, if you really look at it, 65 plus, what's the passion I knew you were going to ask that dumb question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let you off the hook because it's a passion of love, right? It's what? what? I never thought of it as love. Okay. I might have loved a good woman. Yes. Yes, for sure. (laughs) But I never thought of it in that particular way. Yeah. It's just something that the guys I've been acquainted with that helped make this rodeo a success over the 60 plus years, 70 years, were guys that enjoyed coming down there and doing things, thinking out ahead what needed to be done, yeah. which a lot of them do. Yeah. And uh, just enjoyed the companionship of yeah. other good people. Okay. Yeah. And you were part of a cause. Back to Sandy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, what's the passion? You just described going to school, raising kids, working full time, and spending enormous amounts of time Count money till 2.30 in the morning to get up at 8 the next morning and do it again. What's the passion? Family. Okay. And um, basically, I grew up, that was my playground growing up. Okay. Um, So my passion, they became my family. Um, The someplace I could go that I could ride my horse Okay. And I I had a you know a safe safe area, okay. um, some place that I that I can like share with my daughter now, and because she's come up in the club same way she was one week old, um, our rodeo in '96 when you know she was there one week and the funny thing is John Downey. I don't remember. Were you there then? I want to talk about John Downey here in a moment. John Downey, um, he was our announcer and had been our announcer for quite a while. And every performance, Josie gained a day. So, (laughs) 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 but, um, but I think for me, it was just a feeling of belonging. I have friends that I grew up with. I may have only have seen them, um, once a year, 
but it's a friendship. I have like Tammy, Jody, Wendy Snyder. Okay. Um, to this day, you know, I consider them my friends. Yeah. We may only see each other a couple times in the, in the summertime. That's it. Um, but there's a lot of positive memories. There's a lot of memories um, from being down there, whether it's rodeo weekend, getting ready for rodeo, or our, our horse shows, um, and just the camaraderie and the friendship. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's very apparent to both of you. I mean, there's been a drive. There's been a motivation. There's been an inspiration, whatever you want to say. And, and there has to be some connection, I'm guessing, to the giving when you're writing the checks, right? And you're contributing back to the community and you know you're making a difference. And for the for this committee to come together, this group of people who has this shared purpose, this shared love of the sport, the shared love of the history, Dave, that you mentioned, that's, that's a pretty amazing thing in today's world. Well, uh, the question I really wanted to ask Dave is kind of, I've heard the answer through and through because it's irrelevant now. Yeah. You know, Dave started this rodeo, yeah. but he started it with other people. I wanted to say, well, are you sorry you let the committee take it over? Yeah. Well, I didn't realize it was a committee from yeah. day one. You bet. So that, that explains my, you know. You bet. Because uh, people come in and they take over and don't do things quite the way you would, right, wrong, or otherwise. So yeah. that... That answered my question is he, he didn't have a choice. They started out as a committee and it stayed that for 65 years. That blows Fantastic. me away. That blows yep. me away. The business acumen that was brought to this love of this sport that we're going to take care of the right. We're going to take care of the right business. Now, each committee had his own individual you chairperson. You bet. You bet. And, and it went from there. And it went from there. And. And, and everybody contributed back and forth. Yeah. And and the story I had heard, how it all started, what was it? The boys in the white T-shirts, right? Spoken by Mr. John Downing. Can we say a few words about John? Um, when I met John, I believe he'd already been there 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. He actually, to come to Attica, he had been coming so long, he did not go to his daughter's wedding. I remember that story. Yeah. Well, why she's went on Attica weekend? She ought to know better. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you talk about passion and commitment and drive. Yes. Right. And he, was, he only had one daughter. One he only child. had one daughter, and I think it created a bit of a rift. You know, hard feelings. It had to, right? Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But John Downing may rest in peace. Yes. Okay. What? What? Uh, what? What do you want to share about John? He had a heart of gold. He would always had a smile on his face. He would um, go out of his way to help you, talk to you, and he was one of the kindest people I ever met. You know, we only saw each other one, you know, one weekend a year, but it was like you were the best of friends and saw each other every day. Yeah, yeah. He made sure he, he knew who the contestants were. You bet. He had the knowledge of the game yep. and he promoted everybody yep. Yep. when they came out of those shoots or whatever he would say nothing but good stuff he was a very very positive man very positive man no Absolutely. negativity no 
and I was blessed to work with him a few years. Um, and some of my best memories are working with him. He was a complete gentleman. Yes. To your point. Um, and you're right. Never, never said a crossword about anybody. And my favorite picture of all my rodeo memories is hanging on the wall at the house. And it was taken in the fifth at the 50th rodeo, the anniversary of the 50th rodeo. And Sam and me, I'm thinking through the order of who was there in the picture. And Brody Wheeler took the picture, and it is classic. Um, and it's probably going to be, if it's okay, that'll be the art for this episode. But it was Sam and then me and then you, Dave, okay, in a white shirt. Beautiful button-down white shirt. How the hell did I get in the picture? Lois, I don't, Lois. I don't believe in having pictures. My picture Good taken. camera. It's a great. I'll, <laughs> I'll show you the picture. Uh, Lois, Lois Corley. <clears throat> Corey. Corey. Dick Corey, who had come back for the 50th. He was there 50th. He was there for the 50th. And John Downen is on the end, standing in front of the bucket shoots, the wooden bucket shoots at Attica. Yeah. And uh, one thing, you know, John always had stories and. He got a little carried away sometimes with his stories, but uh, his heart was in the right place. But yeah. uh, I am honored to, uh, right up there, is his bronc holder and bronc ring. His daughter sent it to me. Really? Really? Very nice. Yep, I've got a picture in my and office And he wouldn't do that unless he thought highly of you. Yep. That's a guarantee. Yep. I've well, got a picture of his daughter of did. <laughs> I've got a picture of him in my office right over my left, over my right shoulder. So then when we're on a Zoom call or whatever, yeah. people can see John Dell. Absolutely. What a gentleman. What a, what a treasure. Wow. We've covered a lot of ground. Man, I really appreciate it. What, what haven't we talked about? Uh, there was one thing I was going to say that we've had for, show, for programs down there. Yeah. We had logging contest. Logging. Okay. They chopped, cut trees in the arena in the arena we had tractor pulls national tractor pulls in there okay we had pony pulls okay and horse pulls okay and a horse auction and tack auction one time okay. in the arena okay so it's been a kind of an all-around it has been purpose. used it has that's amazing that's amazing and, and we I donated the use to 4-H yeah. and I think it's it's really special that we have so many local cowboys that have started in our arena, whether it's the Swearingen family, Buckemeyers, uh, Sawyers, and I know I've missed so sure. many, Phillips, but Phillips, Phillips yeah, that yeah. have gone on to the national stage. Yes, yes. We have. You get two words, Taylor Brown Champions come out of our arena. We have trick riders. Yeah, we yeah. have two trick riders, three coming on three, four trick riders yeah. um, between the Mentir families, um, Lexi, um, Courtney Shum, and Matt Gart's daughter, um, who Matt is a member of our club, okay. who have come on and they are slowly working on to the national stage also with their abilities and their contract act. Very cool. And for the contract acts who have participated in our arena, Keith Isley, Dusty Crane, um, and I... Robbie Hodges. Yep. He's... Yeah. That... that yeah. Hollywood are, Harris. That, I mean, 
Brinson, that have come to us. Hollywood and and, and uh, Boogerhead. Yeah. Brinson the Entertainer. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. And and that good point. So that it when when I hear that and and honestly Sam probably knows this better than I do that we earned Rodeo of the Year again yeah. by the APRA voted by the APRA Cowboys and Cowgirls, which we are so thankful for. Congratulations. Congratulations. You should guys should be proud. Great work, folks. You great work. Great work. What a legacy. What an incredible thing you guys have created. The boys in the white shirts, the white t shirts, right? <laughs> And that is yeah. incredible, and, and all your help. That is a true and, fact. Yeah. 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 And and also, um, we were listed amongst the top rodeos listed with Cody, Wyoming, nice. and other top yeah. PRCA rodeos um, yeah. in the USA News. Okay. And that is just for me. It's. I think that's the last pride. year Sam ran it. <laughs> yeah. <Good Plus>. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's tell our folks how to get a hold of you. First off, it's the first full weekend in August. Right. Starting at, with a Thursday. Starting with a Thursday. Ends on a Sunday night. Yes. Uh, four performances. Five, five performances. Thursday five. night. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. And Sunday afternoon. And they can find you online at atticarodeo.com. Yes. Get your tickets now. They can buy yep. them online. Yes. They're available for sale. They are. Um, and come and check it out. Um, when's your next horse show? How do they, on AtticaRodeo.com, they can they can find out what your horse schedule is? Horse yes. Show? Um, uh, Kenny Bounty runs our website. Okay. And he has already started listing um, the uh, events that we have scheduled already for the 2024 season. Our barrel racing uh, clinic is up there within the events list. Uh, that'll be the first weekend in June. And currently, I have all my slots. The maximum is 15 per day. Okay. And currently, all 15 slots on each day are filled. Are filled. So yep. there's no more. Well, okay. I'm not going to say there's no more because somebody may drop out. Somebody will. Somebody will drop out. So you can get on a waiting list. Yes, okay. I I will be taking have a waiting list. And that's Skeet Barrett again. That is Skeet Barrett. Skeet that's and Dickie Barrett. And Dickie Barrett. Yeah, they are uh, the perfect team. Okay. They are the perfect, and they it, it's an awesome clinic, and they are, I've, they're just awesome clinicians, and they're they're there to help you improve. They're not there to promote themselves. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and do we, do we have some like a Facebook page or something like that? Another, yeah, said, we Attica Rodeo. Attica Rodeo is our Facebook page. Okay. We have an Instagram, um, yep. that's I believe Attica Rodeo also. Okay. Um, and then, uh, our barrel racing series is always the first Thursday in May. Okay. And it goes through the last Thursday in August. Every Thursday, every night. Thursday except for rodeo when yeah. we have the rodeo yeah. but yes we have yeah. anywhere from 15 to 17 thursday nights through the summer series and how and many then, cowgirls or bear racers show up for that typically? um between 50 to 75 i was going to say we were there darn near midnight watching them still run. yeah it, it depends on the weather okay and and so yeah and that's in the open not the youth and the, the yeah. mini kids yeah okay that's okay. that's our open class <clears throat> okay. um and we still have reasonable 
entry fees. They're not um, high. It, it's affordable entry fees. Our cattle penning will start uh, the first Friday in May. Okay. And they usually start off, I believe, with the ranch sorting weekend, and then the following weekend is cattle penning. And um, that goes up until the Saturday before rodeo is the qualifiers. Um, and the qualifiers are for the top 32 cattle penning teams that will uh, make it into the rodeo. Okay. Okay. And, wow. And that's actually that night when you're deciding who it is, you're yeah. only allowed to ride in the rodeo three times as okay. a person. Okay. So if, say, you, Sam, and myself are on a team. Yeah. You've already made your three runs. You've bumped our team out, and we may have only have made it into the rodeo once. So, oh, wow. so that entire team is bumped, oh, wow. and it goes to the next person okay. in line at the fastest okay. time. So okay. we're gonna kick you to the wayside and get somebody <laughs> out. Well, for sure, especially if you want to win, yeah. right? Especially no, if, you if you want to ride in the rodeo, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, hey, buddy. Yeah, here. yeah. 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 Hey, Doug, I'll get you a better horse. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And our horse shows this um, schedule is not set yet, but okay. um, we will have one per um, month. So okay. we'll have five throughout the show. And that kicks off in April? No, that'll start in May. Everything start. our season starts in May. In May. Okay. Normally, if anything starts in April, it's usually if we, if they have it, it's the high school rodeo is usually the last okay. weekend in April. Yeah. Um, and, uh, depending on the weather, we may have another one in, um, the fall. And that horse show, all the events, Bar English, uh, Western, English, Western games. And this past, this past year, um, ranch horse was started. Ranch horse was started. Um, so we're, we're looking to hopefully, you know, it was, it, since it was new, there weren't a lot of entries, but um, we're hoping that the word spreads and those events will, uh, riders will increase. That is perfect. That is absolutely perfect. Wow. What a machine you guys are running. This is, this is incredible. What a business. This is... All right. What, well, first off, I want to thank you guys. This has been, I've enjoyed this so much and learned so much. And uh, I really appreciate you coming and sharing and, and, uh, did a great job of just, man, there's 65 years of memories here. So to our, to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation about the business of rodeo, specifically about the rodeo business in Attica, New York. If you do, please share it with your friends. Yeah, to make your listening easier, you can find us on all the major podcast streaming uh, platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. Remember, check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. Remember, you can find information about the Attica Rodeo at atticarodeo.com. Get on there, buy your tickets, look at your schedules, know when the horses, horse uh, shows are happening. Get out and visit this great facility. And we'd like to say thank you to Parasite Systems for their support with our podcast. And you can find them at ParasiteSystems.com. And we have a coupon for 50% off your horse testing kits. It is BTC023. Get 50% off. All you got to do is go online. Get your kits coming. And they will send them off to you. And you'll save 50%. And this is Beyond the Shoots with... Dave Wheeler. Sandy Brewer. 
Sam's Ranch. Until next time, this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening.